Hey, Sid. Hey, Brian. How's it hanging? I mean, it's going. <laughs> I've been challenged by my inbox lately. <laughs> How so? I am trying, as always, I feel like I'll never be out of budget mode, uh-huh. which I guess I shouldn't be. That's the right place to be. It allows me freedom, yada, yada. But you know my inbox... Spending categories. Spending categories. And you know that I have an issue with a good discount code coming to my email. (laughs) And now that we're like into fall It's the transition season of summer sale of like all the last of the inventory. And you're like, of course I need this bathing suit for $4. Yes. Well, not even that. I've got my eye on a lot of chunky sweaters. Already? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Because I like as much as I'm trying to push it off... I love a nice sweater. And so in like, and somebody told me once that they put things like in their, oh, you know who it was? I was listening to a podcast and it's Kristen Bell does this, but she puts a bunch of stuff like in the checkout cart just to like have the satisfaction of putting it there, but doesn't buy it. And so I tried that just to see how it worked and it did not work for me. I was like, did you buy? I didn't buy, but I had to close the whole window. (laughs) Like I couldn't, that wasn't satisfying for me. I need to like fully go through the process. You need to pop that credit card info in. (sighs) Yes. So right now the update is that I'm trying to keep my budget intact while I have like a thousand really appealing uh, emails that have really nice sweaters on them. Oh, I love a good sweater. The coziness. And there's so many different kinds. I mean, I could go on forever, but that's what I'm dealing with right now. It's not the worst problem to have, but... Just like not being exposed, I I just delete... I have to delete all of them. I it's need to so unsubscribe. Hard. I yeah. fully subscribe. And I know I'm like, you should just unsubscribe. But I like like looking just in case I have an extra in my budget that that week. I don't. <laughs> You're like, that's not where I'm living that's, right now. Yeah, it does not exist right now, which is fine. But it's it's been challenging. So oh, I'm here for you. I appreciate that. Uh, what is going on with you? I finally sent in my 23andMe results or the like spittoon (laughs) it is so hard let me tell you to generate the amount of spit that they require you to put in that thing wow i was i did it one morning and i was like i have to like get to work i like (laughs) when you're trying because you can't like drink anything for half an hour beforehand or like eat so i was like dry mouthing like trying to like get like, spit, like syrup up your the size of your cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, so, for <laughs> anyone who's curious, you know, whatever twenty milliliters of spit is actually a lot. That that's doesn't sound that's fun. Not accurate. Don't quote mil- me on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I don't know what that even looks like. Somebody challenged me on how many centimeters are in a foot the other day, aka my sister. And I got it right. So, but I know nothing about milliliters, cups. Wait, how many? Do you remember? 30.2. How did you know that? Because I had a visual of a ruler and on one side is inches and on the other side is centimeters. And I just remembered that on the other side, the 12 is 30. (laughs) And I was right. That's insane. That was, I think, my proudest moment of 2019. <laughs> I would I would be like, there are 12 inches in a foot. <laughs> That's right, though. It is right. <laughs> number of centimeters. Couldn't get that. Yeah, got me. <laughs> That's funny. Anyway, I got my results, and I'm super excited to actually see my genetic background, mm. which, like, 
you know, pretty much confirmed what I already knew. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but it's nice to have the confirmation from the experts. But it's cool because I did the health one, so it tells you if there are any, like, major concerns based on your genetics, of which two are known issues. Okay. All right. Uh, the glasses. It was talking like about your eyeballs. my eyesight just casually degrading over time. Awesome. So that's going to keep happening. That hurts my heart. Uh, so that's great. Um <laughs> But another one that I was, like, not super aware of, but had an inkling about. And so um, I'm excited to, like, have a conversation with my doctor about it. And not in, like, an alarming way. Like, I know that I'm, like... I was, like, my eyeballs were quite wide when you said that. But not in an alarming way. But something you can, like, talk to the doctor about. Yeah, just be, like, I'm curious if I should look, like, what I should be aware of. Okay. Um, Again, nothing that's, like, on the scary spectrum. So it was, because, like, you really, you could get some, and it's not, like, health results that are, like, definitive. So So, it can, like, move you into a tailspin pretty quickly? I think if you're that type of person. I'm that And they, like, (laughs) literally give you, like, 70 warnings. Like, these are not medically sound. (laughs) See, I would would respond and be like, listen, Sally. (laughs) then don't put them there if you don't want me to freak out about them. (laughs) But I just think that, like, the genetic part of it is really cool. And I bet there's, like, a million people who are like, why would you do that? Ah, you could have just done the research of your family tree. But I don't know. It was a... I, I'm very curious about it. It was cool to see the map and, like, the breakdown and the percentages. And, like... There's only so much that's, like, possibly known from, like, a family tree perspective. Like, there might be holes. But it's become a conversation starter for the rest of my family. And so I think that that, like, discovery mode is actually really cool. And also gives me a touch point of, like, where I would like to explore and, like, to confirm a couple things of, like, there were things that I knew about my mom's side of the family, for sure, for sure, Mm -hmm. about where my heritage is from. But cool, like, discoveries from potentially my dad's side of the family. Or, like, definitely my dad's side of the family. <laughs> Could be. Because I sure. then saw my mom's results from her 23 and me, oh. And so I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, it's you can see where the like holes the are. Where it's, like, very much the opposite side came from. Like, that section it was an obvious, like, differentiator Somebody else. Yeah. of the dad's side. That's so interesting, and I do – I like the – I like everything you said, but I really like the fact that it has been a conversation starter to learn, like, or share with your family what you've learned or encourage them to do it themselves, too, and, like, then continue that conversation. I feel like that's something that we don't talk about as much sometimes, mm-hmm. but, it like, you can get real into it. And maybe it does allow you, like, I, and I think to your point, not everybody has access to, like, their family tree for a number of reasons, but I think what it allows you to do is if you do this first, then you can go to, like, wherever it is that it says you're from and, like, do some digging in person or something yeah. like that, you know? Like, it does allow for, like, a lot of different roads to be taken. Yeah, that may not be, like, documented on the internet, even though everything exists on the internet. That's what they say. <laughs> So regardless, I think uh, it it was pretty cool to to get the results and and just be like affirmed that there's like this cool piece of my heritage and like know some of the things that I like. It makes it real. Yeah, 
Yeah, I get that. I get that. I've never done this and I don't think that I will, but I love how, I mean, when you told me about this, I got so excited because you were so excited because of that concreteness. You know, like we can all say like, I'm a little bit of this, I'm a little bit of that. You know, like we, some of us have like an idea, Mm -hmm. but the concreteness does allow you to then like dig deeper and like find out more stuff and like really understand yourself in a way that you could just guess at before. Yeah. So I totally understand the excitement around the concreteness. Totally. That's great. New ideas for vacations too. Yes. And we love vacation. Sweden and Ireland and UK. Here we come. That's going to be fun though. That That's going to be fun. I have, uh, actually I have no suggestions. I was going to say, if you're going to Scotland, I have some suggestions, <laughs> but you're not fine there. <laughs> Scottish heritage confirmed. Oh, well, then I have some suggestions. You Excellent. should go find Jamie Frazier from Outlander. And <laughs> no, <laughs> that's the thing that you don't get down with. Hard pass. <laughs> I'll go do that then. <laughs> That'll be good. Uh, all right, Brown, give it to me straight. What are we talking about today? So my friend shared with me a Simon Sinek video. Mm-hmm. As we all know, he is the genius behind start with why Mm -hmm. um and so he shared a video on what i believe is his facebook page um how do you find your passion at first i was like hmm what will this tell me like really sarcastically and like cynical like i'm what is this is this going to be like a inspirational talk i don't know but it's simon sinek So, of course, he flips the idea on its head and talks about how passion isn't something that you find. It's something you experience. Mind blown. (laughs) And so we want to dig into how we perceive passion and the impact that that has on our world. (laughs) Ah, And we're going to do it in one episode. (laughs) It literally shook us to our core. Blows our minds. Um, Yeah, so let's get into it, Bron. We have a new insight. It is that passion is an output. And when I first heard this, I was like, I don't know what you mean. That's what I that's what I thought too. <laughs> so glad that you said that. Because I'm like, am I just not getting it? Like I don't understand that phrasing. And I was like, okay. So there's this perception that we must be driven by the work that we do. Or be passionate to be inspired and vice versa and all of those things, which I think to me just feels exhausting. For sure. Um, but the, <laughs> the alternative that he explains is to do what you believe in and what you will experience from that is passion. And it blew my mind. I, I, <laughs> I feel so many things about this, but I love this way of thinking because... How often do we hear the, like, you know, in fancy fonts or in giant poster form, follow your passion? And I'm always like, how the heck do people know what their passion is? (laughs) Because you're like, I know I really like ice cream or I really like cheese. (laughs) But, like, what, like, how do, what do you mean? Like, what does that lead me to in Mm -hmm. what world? And, but there's no, like, roadmap, like, at all. To figure out what that is. And I think we feel broken if we don't have a passion. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, how many times have I, f- like, fully faked when someone's like, what's your passion? I'm like, I love helping people. 
And sure, I like helping people a lot. But like what I say, it's a passion of mine. Like I couldn't even define what that really meant. And we're just not people that know what that inherently is. So backing up from it, from the way that he explained it, from the experience standpoint, like it makes it so much more doable and it makes it so much more like swallowable, Mm -hmm. which I feel like is what I mean to say digestible. (laughs) I've said that so many times in like the company that like shouldn't hear me mess up words. And I always am like, that wasn't right. (laughs) It's fine. It's okay. Um, But I also think that this leads back to the values conversation that we've had before, right? Asking what your values are leads to what you believe in leads to passion. Mm -hmm. And I, I, like, when when we started, like, putting this episode together, I was kind of like, that now feels so much more concrete. Because those other things are things I'm much more confident about than passion. Yeah. Right? Well, what I loved in the video, which we'll share in our show notes, queenspeaking.com, slash 86 um he talked about the difference between like someone who works late hours and like has to be away from the family or traveling for work or like doing a bunch of things but they feel passionate yeah and they feel excited about the work that they're doing versus someone who does all those same things but feels burnout right and Which is crazy and knowing that like oh the thing that i'm doing i have no interest in mm-hmm And not to say that, like, the thing that you do for work necessarily has to be, like, something you believe in to make you feel passionate. But also, like, you should feel – I think there's, like – there's a there's pushback on this. Well, but, like, even listening to, like, what you just said, like, you don't need to – like, thinking about work, you don't need to believe in it to be – and I'm like, but you you do want to believe in the work that you do. I feel like the goal – is to believe in it. Like, Mm -hmm. believe that you're working. I mean, this is what they always say, they, (laughs) the the all-powerful they, always say that, like, there are ways to be motivated. And one of them is, like, fully believing in in what you're doing that then, like, puts out just better work. Mm -hmm. Even if it's, like, you know, different work than you might have thought you'd be doing, it's just better. It's better um, as far as like what you're producing, but it's also feeling better. And I agree with you. Like there's a lot of like push pull here that people can definitely push back on us for, but I really, like, I believe, and I know that we're not all fortunate enough to have this, but if we tie the work that we do back to, um, the people we serve in our work or who benefits from the work that we do, and if our, the people around us are helping us understand that better, then maybe we can believe in it when we didn't before Mm -hmm. too and And, then that might create the passion and there's also the idea of like i'm good at my job and i do my job and that's fine but the you spend your free time on the things that you believe in which results in the feeling of passion right and so it's like passion projects (laughs) if you will (laughs) (laughs) so I think there is, like, a, a variety of different levels at which you can look at this. But, like, I think just the concept of it was really interesting because there's – I think there is, like, this idea of it's about finding your vision versus having a vision. Ooh. Ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so in the video, again, this 
it's literally like two minutes and yeah, 30 it's seconds. Very short, yeah. <laughs> but blew our brains. Yeah. To like so many different levels of awesome discovery and things that were like, we're sitting here talking and we're like, I still don't even know what this means for me because I've been thinking about it wrong this whole time. Well, I feel like it requires like a fair amount of journaling, (laughs) like watching it, like hearing it, journaling about it, then going back over the journal and being like, what did I, what, what does that mean? Yeah. So he talks about how, uh, we're not all visionaries. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's actually a small percentage of people who are. But for whatever reason, what we see in the world, like you being like, follow your passion as like the the well, signposts that we're all walking towards. Yeah. <laughs> but realizing that like, not all of us have to be this like, spectacular leader or like discover this thing that no one's ever discovered before. And to that point i was like oh finally yeah seriously (laughs) seriously i was like okay it's okay to be a follower is that what he's saying yeah so it's like removing a sense of pressure which i think leads to burnout in so many ways where we're like pushing toward this like i need to figure out this vision like what is my vision what is this great thing that i have to do to serve the world and like his response was that it's okay to adopt someone else's vision and make it your own. And in that sense, we all see ourselves in service of something else that ultimately is fueling our passion. That I think is really what's mind blowing. Like we are in service of something else that that is a powerful statement. Because I think again, when we're talking about like the visionary thing, we're talking about having a vision, we're talking about following a vision, following like, there's just so much that's so individual and like, so uh, selfish about that to a certain degree. But when you are in service of something else, you are and I don't think being selfish is a bad thing all the time. But I think that this allows for that sigh of relief, like you're in service of something else like that's exciting that's so exciting to Mm -hmm. think about um and i really i really enjoy that way of thinking versus what we have uh kind of resigned ourselves to think like if we are not a leader then we suck if we don't like kind of exemplify leadership skills then we're the worst you know like we've been told that being a follower is bad Mm -hmm. but like if being a follower means being in service of a vision that we believe in i'm fine being a follower (laughs) that works for me and it takes so much of that like you said it takes so much of that pressure off and like i feel lighter now just knowing that (laughs) or it's like acknowledging that there's something that matters to you like thinking about a cause mm-hmm. like if you like volunteer efforts like we don't all have to go out and do things individualistically right bring the community together and think about building a community a support system right what um, an amazing difference that makes and not thinking about it as like the thing that i'm doing is in isolation of everyone else right right and using your skill set to contribute to that community effort, you know, like bring your superpower to the table. Don't expect that you could do, because at the end of the day, what the the previous way of thinking in my mind was like, I had to be great at everything to achieve something. Mm-hmm. And this allows the thinking that to hone in on my skill set and really like lean into my strengths that we talk about all the time is good. 
And it's not just good enough. It is good, (laughs) period. And that is just a powerful way to come at your life, like both from the work perspective, from your personal perspective, from the projects that you work on outside of work, all of it. Um, it It just really was a fantastic way to internalize this message. <laughs> Let's take a moment. <laughs> I really, I really think we should. Um, I also think like that mindset shift, like think about what that can do for younger people. Mm-hmm. And as they're coming up, we've talked, we said this, like the 30 under 30s, the 40 under 40s, the like 100 under, you know, 12, like whatever it is. It's just, there's so much pressure there for for people younger than us baby entrepreneurs <laughs> and they're out there i mean how many feel good and i'm putting in in quotes feel good stories do we hear of like six-year-olds using their allowance money to buy meals for other kids like at first you're like wow that's amazing you're like a six-year-old shouldn't be using their lunch money to pay like th- that should be a world problem that shouldn't be his problem and like it's it's really scary how like quickly that can like divulge which I've gotten off track but what I mean is like the mindset shift for younger people to not just think like leadership and individuality to that degree is the only way to make a name for yourself or get ahead or whatever it is but to be in service of something and to see a vision that you believe in and find a way to either tweak it and make it your own or follow its path, but also for older people that might've either been like out of the workforce for whatever reason, or have found themselves like in a place where like their skill set doesn't seem as necessary for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. I think this, this shift in mindset also helps that population say like, okay, what do I believe in? And then what is a vision that I assign myself to and how can I be in service of that? And that just shifts everything to a just much more positive way of moving forward. Yes. Which I think is really powerful and will help us all because we all age. (laughs) We will all continue to age. Like, it's just exciting to think about what possibilities come out of that way of thinking. 100%. Because what we're taking away from this conversation is that we now have to find what we believe in to experience passion. Mm Mm-hmm. And even saying that statement feels contradictory to what I know. Right. (laughs) And have experienced up to my 31 years in life. (laughs) Um, But also feels quite freeing. Yeah. And so instead of the pressure to come up with this like grandiose idea on my own, it's more about a collective seeking of information and endless discovery. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Put that. I mean, I feel like there's so many things we could put on T-shirts, right? <laughs> so I I feel like additionally having the idea that there are multiple passion phases throughout our life and like being okay with the evolution of that over time and thinking about like how you what you want to dedicate time to and constantly like questioning that or like revisiting that and not seeing that as a bad thing, yeah. Right? Of like, I'm lost because I don't know what I'm passionate about. It's like, no, that's not. It's not about that's not That's not what it is. Right. It's spend time on the things that you care about and care deeply about them. Mm-hmm. Because if you care deeply, you will experience joy and you will experience passion. 
It's just, it's one of those things that, fe- like you said, it feels backwards to be thinking of things in that way. And I think a huge part of that is because of the way the word passion has like infiltrated our systems, but also like it feels contradictory to talk about like something you believe in. Like it feels like fluffy mm-hmm. when it's not fluffy. It literally changes worlds <laughs> to believe in something and believe in it so vehemently that you will again capitalize on your skill set to make that happen because you believe in it that much like think about like that that i think create like you know you feel this like swirliness inside your chest when you get really excited about stuff right like it just starts going and like that's the passion Mm -hmm. like that's what it feels like but it didn't come from nowhere (laughs) right and like we shouldn't just be like robots trudging through all the things that we do in life because we have to right no right and there should be people around you. I again, we talk about this too, where so much of our joy and what we love should come from ourselves. Like we need to learn how to do that. We absolutely need to learn how to do that and create that joy from within ourselves. But I think there's also a responsibility to share that with the people around us and help spread that message of like, if you're in an office environment or like a networking environment or a personal whatever, like make make that the thing you believe in. Like, I believe in helping other people find what they believe in, and we have a collective way to make a thing go. And, like, figuring those things out. Mm-hmm. I think, like, that's a powerful place to be as well. Like, it doesn't have to be, you know, like, saving lives. It doesn't have to be that. It can be that. That's an incredibly noble thing to do. But it, it doesn't have to... Um, it doesn't have to feel that big if that makes sense i feel like that's like almost doom and gloom (laughs) but not kind of but i feel like there's a way to get there without having to put the world on your shoulders yeah you know you know yeah um i think that there's also a way (laughs) that we can get uh i guess like caught in the weeds if we give it too much space I don't want to be a downer, but I think about I think about this from like all angles too, mm-hmm. and I think if we don't, I think that's why going back to the values conversation is an important piece of how like we find what we believe in, right? Yes. So if we're just like I believe in so many things, I'm like, well, sure you do. <laughs> There's a lot of good things out there, but really coming down to like what do I like and what brings me joy as like a form of just like its base thing. And I think about what I like. I like my friends. I like my family. I like connection. I like coffee. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I like cheese, you know, like finding those things and then using those to figure out your value system and then using that to figure out what you believe in. Like it, it can grow from, from even just the, what I like conversation because we all have to start somewhere. Right. Yes. (laughs) And that's where you begin is, the starting point of excitement, thinking about what excites you and like finding more of that. Yeah. And knowing that it doesn't have to be complicated. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's also a thing that I took away is like, it's not, it doesn't have to be complicated. Right. And like, you don't have to be the vision. You don't have to save the world, mm-hmm. but you can help someone. Right. That's you, not the worst thing in the world. You can do something to fit 
in that mold. It doesn't have to be you, though. But if it is you, great. Bless you. Well, and I think, like, you know, leadership and visionaries and, like, I think, I don't know about you. I'm sure you because we're friends. But I feel like we have this mentality and have had this mentality where, like, if you're not the leader or if you haven't come up with the thing, then you're, like, essentially useless. And that has just been always the way that I've thought. Like, you look at what people define as leaders and you're like, I would want, I want to be a leader. <laughs> like mm-hmm. That sounds like a good place to be. But just because I feel like you're not a visionary doesn't mean you're not a leader. Mm-hmm. And just because you're a follower doesn't mean you suck. You know, like it's, it's all, it's this narrative that we've put around these words on their place in um, our hierarchy and how we treat people that identify as a follower or a leader or a visionary or like, I don't know, just like some guy over there. Like <laughs> there's a place that we put them in our consciousness that then allows us to make an assumption, decision, whatever about them. And we either are like, I want to be that or I don't want to be that. But taking those things away allows us to like take the pressure off. And like mm-hmm. you said, it doesn't have to be the biggest thing in the world. It can just be a thing. Um, and that's okay. So I feel like I love this message because I love the idea of starting with something we believe in and taking almost passion out of it. Yes. Like, let's just take it out. I love that. And I want to hear from everyone else on this. Yeah. Because I think that this is a big thing. Hit us up at queen underscore speaking on Instagram. We're ready. Yeah. I I want to have this be an ongoing conversation. Yeah. Because it's my my brain just keeps spinning on it. Yeah. Because it's just like an endless discovery. Yeah. We're over passion. (laughs) We're into believing in things. (laughs) Shall we break? Let's break.